Hey everybody, welcome to Down the Rivers Podcast, our first podcast. My name is Landon. This is Brent. And we are here with Hop River Brewing Company, new brewery coming to Fort Wayne. We are here with Ben and Paris, the co-owners of the company, and they're going to give us a little bit of information about themselves right now. So Paris, if you want to lead the way. Yeah, my name is Paris McFarling, uh, a longtime Fort Wayne resident, actually born and raised. Um, been around doing a lot of different things. Uh, just my history at high school at Bishop Lewers, uh, went to college at IPFW, studied finance, and uh, I worked at Phil's Hobby Shop all through high school and ended up actually buying the company with a business partner in 2011. Um, so that's kind of kept me here in Fort Wayne and just kept an interest in uh, Fort Wayne. Uh, ended up getting a space downtown and fell in love and now I can't leave Fort Wayne because there's just so much opportunity here and spun that into the brewery when I met Ben, and now we are on our way to being the sixth brewery in Fort Wayne. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, six or seven, one of those numbers. Something. One of the bigger ones, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, I think so, well, I guess tied to the larger with Man Anthony. They have a couple production systems, yeah. so they, they still got the capacity, but we, we decided to go, go big or go home. Right, I yeah. agree. I like it. Um, and my name is Ben Jackson. I've lived in Fort Wayne for two years now. Is that right? Here. My wife yeah. grew up here. Uh, her family's all here. I w- was in uh, D.C., moved here from D.C. Um, I was here there about 20, the past 25, 26 years. Um, a lawyer for a long time. Um, just decided I needed to do something different. So my wife and I packed everything up after, you know, met Paris two and a half, two and change years ago uh, at the Dash. <laughs> um, and uh, we just started long distance dating for a while and then figured we'd give it a go. and. Wife and I sold our house, picked up, picked up, and, and moved here. So, uh, yeah, and I've been—I uh, guess it was April of 2016 16. 16 that I moved here, um, and we've just been going strong ever since. This has been my full-time job since I moved here. How's the how's the transition from DC to Fort Wayne? It's a, it's a little different, but it's fine. I, mean, I, have, <laughs> I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, so like once you have kids, like the 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 nice, you know. Big city's great to have all the stuff around, but once you have kids and a full-time job, it's not like I'm doing anything except going to my house and taking care of the kids and like doing kid stuff. And they got plenty of that here, so right, uh, yeah, it's a Fort Wayne's a good place for kids. Yeah, and everything. there's a lot of kid stuff and a lot of events. Well, I always well, describe it as the biggest small town you'll, town you'll ever live in. Yeah, no, it, and <laughs> it, I, our joke with, to that yeah. is we got a guy. I think we, between the two of us, like we know people that can get a lot of things done. And, <laughs> and I, you know, again with with family here, you know, my, my sister owns Dash Inn, so. A whole bunch of my my wife's family that lives in town, um, a couple of whom are here volunteering right now in the the tap room. Um, but it just made it made sense. And, and Fort Wayne's ready for a brewery like this. You know, there there are a, a number of other breweries, but we sort of we say we're, when we're pitching this to investors, and it made sense. Indiana's about five years behind the rest of the country in beer, and Fort Wayne's about five years behind the rest of Indiana. So that was a perfect time for us to, to sort of make a good investment in downtown as the place to do it near the riverfront with everything going on. Um, it just made sense. Yeah, and you was right next to the Omnisource area. So mm-hmm. that's going to be coming in the next, you know, five, six years being yep. built up. One can only hope. I, I, you know, I, I say that, you know, as a, as a relative newcomer to the city, I say that people are like, yeah, I've heard that before. But at least the city owns it now. Like it's yeah. no longer just sort of sitting there waiting. So I have to think they've got at least some semblance of a plan. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, being in Fort Wayne all my life, you know, out of college, I was all but basically preparing to leave. And at the time, my wife was in Chicago, and 
just the opportunity to buy fills came up and I was like, well, I don't know. And just kind of seized that moment. And that, that really made the difference for me just being brought into the business community in Fort Wayne and just seeing that opportunity. Um, so that was huge. That, that kept me here. And then, you know, getting along in that just kind of like the desire to do more um, on top of that. And then it just so happened that Ben came into my life. You know, I met my wife, <laughs> then I met Ben. <laughs> I'm your work spouse. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a great timing. And like I, we, we talk about it, we joke about it all the time, just kind of the timing of everything. It's like we really couldn't have wrote this script mm-hmm. of how it really shook out and how we met. And, and even and through, you know, finding the building, you know, with the, the you know, us working together, the people that we've hired just sort of, it all seemed to be the right people, the right place at the right time. You know, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, just really, you know, just it's the New Englander in me, like, you know, there's always something bad around the corner, but so far we've been, you know, we've been really fortunate uh, and I'm, I'm pleased about that. <laughs> so I guess, how do you guys go from, you know, the how I met your mother, we should start a bar, right. to actually starting a brewery? I mean, what I, was step one? How, how's I the think approach step, you? like, really step one is like, okay, we need to write something down. <laughs> we were talking well, about this yeah, thing. And we, and and I think indivi- we were both individually thinking about this before we met. Um, and we were introduced by a common friend, um, you know, just trying to, you know, again, I was in D.C. and I thought about, for, you know, we, it was part of a larger conversation with my wife, you know, what do, we, what do you want to do? I'm tired of being a lawyer. What else can we do? Uh, yeah, I like making beer at home. What about the brewery? I like to make furniture. And I realized I couldn't sort of uh, contribute to the household income much by making furniture. Um, as much as it's awesome. Um, so just what it is I can do. So I spent a lot of time, and I think Ferris did too, on my own trying to figure it out, thinking like, I can make this work. Um, but realize like, it'd be better with somebody else. Um, and then, and, you know, Ferris was sort of in the same place. I think he was working with a group and then just, there's, there's, it's hard, I think, to find somebody else that has... To take the leap. Well, and, yeah, to, you know, the, 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 the time, the money, yeah, the, you know, yeah. just like it, it all has to be right. The understanding wives, shout out to our wives. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very much understanding wives. But like, you know, it's it's, it's a fairly unique proposition to say I'm going to drop everything or drop, you know, my, I'm going to drop my life savings into this and I'm going to move, you know, and do this. You need to move out of the city that I've been in for 20 years and out of a career that I, all of that. Um, it's a it's a pretty big leap, and I'm generally a risk adverse person, so doing that was a, a little bit of holy. Yeah, when it really worked out, like holy even just that, man. <laughs> <laughs> the two of us getting together, because at the time, like yeah, for Ben, he was moving back here, basically unemployed, and I, I think his wife reminded him of that. Yeah, um, and I lucked out. She that, was employed. <laughs> she was employed. He was not, but I lucked out that you know I I had responsibilities at Phil's, and so I was employed. So. Really, we, we both were able to to give a lot, but also like offset. So like I didn't have to be a draw on the company, but I could still put effort in and get us to where we need to be. And understanding that Ben could be here um, when I couldn't, and then right. towards the end when we were like really in earnest building out, then we were both present and, and getting a lot of that done. It has so. been an interesting, the past couple of months. It, you know, it sort of ramps up, right? You know, we the, to get back to your original question, I think we both, you know, we. We had an idea of what we wanted. We talked a lot to see it, how well that meshed, and it seemed like it did. You know, something that was a bit large. You know, we weren't starting a restaurant with a brewery. We were, you know, those are great models, but just wasn't us. Um, we weren't sure starting sort of a brew pub. We wanted a brewery, sort of in the you know, go up to Dark Horse, go over to, out to Three Floyds or down to Sun King, where it's a the idea is production of beer for you know on-site drinking, but also to expand the brand out. 
capability of doing that. I wanted it to be more than just this building. Just the brewery. Mm. Just right. Like, yeah. And um, I, yeah, I see a lot of that in Fort Wayne with the breweries, though, is they're just, they're just their brewery. And you guys, are, like you said, Sun King and Dark Horse, you want to expand, which yeah. is great because that's going to bring more jobs for you guys in, yeah. in the future. And, and I think, you know, and I think there's a place for all of that. I mean, and, you know, I think you'd find the, the brewing, brewing community in Fort Wayne, much like everywhere else. They're welcoming. Everybody's got sort of a niche and, they, and trying to expand. I know the other breweries, you know, they, they just had a model where they, they started small so they could get going mm-hmm. um, and are looking to expand. And that's fantastic. Um, we decided to just bypass that start small part. Um, and just go straight into it, and we were fortunate that we were able to do that. Um, but I think that's you know sort of why we we're on the same page. We were looking at that sort of you know going all in early on and trying to make a go of it. Um, and then from there, it was just we spent a good year writing the business plan mm-hmm. and then shopping it to banks and investors and you know doing that. Yeah. Um, I think this has been the, sorry. This has been the longest time that we haven't touched the business plan, um, and, and that's important because I think our, our approach from the beginning has just been really one of due diligence. I mean, here we, we're still very conscious of like what we need to do and what we need to do to accomplish that and where we need to end. But in that first year and a half, it was very much okay taking feedback um, and adjusting it. Um, we had one moment in the very beginning, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, going to a bank and saying like we want to borrow this large sum of money to build a brewery and buy a building. And, you know, they very politely said, you can buy a building or you can build a brewery. So that was kind of our first reality check is like, okay, let's let's figure out how to make this work. But I think in that story is just kind of important about our approach is it's not, we're not one to necessarily give up. It might mean we need to kind of rethink what we're doing, but I think that's really much, very much helped us uh, because we planned to have a brew system and we plan to have a boiler, but then you forget that the boiler needs water treatment. The water needs water treatment. So these things come up. So just con- you know, constantly knowing like what it is we've done, where we need trying to flex. To, yeah, not, not as much. Trying to minimize, this, there's always surprises. We're trying to minimize them or at least understand where they are. Right. Know? And I mean, we were saying last night, we were talking last night about sort of what was the, was there a moment when you realize, oh crap, this is gonna happen. And to some extent, Yes, when you start seeing everything put together, but I, I think for me, I wasn't going to let it not happen. I mean, I moved here and done all that. Like, I wasn't going to not let it happen, so it just never sort of got into my mind. It's, you know, it's not like it's some rah-rah, like, we're going to go, but it was just, there was never a point where, there were definitely hard point, you know, rough spots where we're like, is this, are we going to make this work? Or our wives were like, do you have another, do you have an alternative? Like, you're going to get the real job kind of thing. Um, if this doesn't work out, I'm like, no, this is going to work. We'll get it. We just need a little mm-hmm. bit more time. And it turned out that it wasn't, that was the right way to do it. You know, right. not, not giving up. We knew we were going to get there. Yeah. And just, just in that and just not forcing it. Like, yeah. so we, we've been, and I think our personalities are such, and, and our, our here lately kind of the comments become like, we're, we're not kind of on opposite ends to some extent, but we do a good job of finding the middle of where we're going together. So, and then just even through this project, there was just things that I was just naturally good at or just kind of that was just what my niche. And there were other things that Ben was good at, but I think in working together long enough, we realized that like, he's got it. He'll fill me in, let's keep moving. We don't need to like stop and both spend a ton of time doing this. Like I can do other things and then we'll meet in the middle and like see that this thing has been propelled forward. Oh, we got more grain. (laughs) <laughs> I was just looking at it, I was like, that was empty before. So uh, so a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing on like social media and stuff and people making the jump or whatever, right. and a lot of the things that a lot of people say are holding them back are like their friends and family or other people saying, you guys are 
you're crazy. Why, why would you ever do this? <laughs> How did you guys, because I'm, I'm sure you guys had somebody say, right. this is what every it's, college kid says is let's start a brewery, but well, nobody I, ever does it. And I have a theory about that. And a lot of that is, is you have to be careful because, you know, what I found is people tell you what they can't do, not what you can't yeah. do. So you have to be important. I think we're both confident enough and we're both in control enough of what we're doing so we're not completely rash. We may have ideas, but we're not rash. So that we know like what's feasible and what's not, or, it, or through doing it, we learn what needs to be tweaked. So I think going into this with the confidence, and as Ben said, uh, you know, just first level is answering to your wife is like, when are you actually going to make this thing happen? But I think having... And what helped us through that is having a firm understanding of what we were doing. Because you get that. You get people saying, like, well, I see other people doing this. Why aren't you doing this? Well, we have this plan and we're confident in it because of these reasons. So it's more of if you have – I would have felt if I had nothing, didn't have an understanding and anything to rebut with, then it would have been all I have to think about is why they say I can't do it. Right. But my plan is such, and we can adjust it as such, that, no, I have confidence in it. This is why I have confidence. This is what I see happening. And, and I think also, you know, we're, neither of us are kids. You know, I, I have kids. I've been, you know, I've been out in the world for a while. This was a, a, well, a well enough thought out thing, like mm-hmm. you said, but also the people around us that we talk to, I think they know us well enough to know that we're not just going to go be like, all right, I'm going to go start a brewery. How does that sound? I'll make some beer. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, sir, I'm sure people are like, is that going to work? But they know us well enough to be like, well, if it's going to work, you're going to make it work. Um, and, I, and I think our, our approach, again, you know, we're both of us, both of us were home brewers, but we realized that our skill, the, be, the best use of our skill at the brewery was not brewing beer, it was running the business and getting it going. So we hired a brewer, you know, same thing. I, we could tend bar, but I, you know, best to have somebody who's got mad skills behind the bar to handle that so we hired Amanda in the kitchen we you know we wanted to make sure we had some food we wanted to make sure the place was family friendly had people you know gave people some options but not we're not trying to be a restaurant but hired Zach he can handle that he's got experience starting and running restaurants you know running kitchens so get the people that can do it let them do it focus on everything else because there's still plenty for us to do and that's probably the best advice I've I've heard, you know, not just from you guys, but in general of starting your business. Let the people who know the most about it do it. Right. And trust them to do it. Right. And it's, it's, and I think it's hard, especially in the learning process for sure. Well, right. It's hard to let go of some of that control. Yeah. Oh, it it absolutely is. And, and, and especially when you, you think about, so the industry is maturing sort of the brewing industry and it it was definitely started out by guys who were brewing at home and are like, I'm going to do this in a bigger scale, but it was them because there wasn't anybody to hire. Um, and you definitely get a lot of folks that are like, I make, and they make awesome beer at home, um, and then just sort of go through the effort of trying to figure out what it would take to do it on a larger scale. Um, and that winnows out a lot, not because they can't handle it, but they just realize, like, looking through it, there's a lot of other work aside from brewing beer. Um, and if you, unless you're going to do all of it, which means you just are, your time is so crunched um, that you either have to expand your team or try to do something else. Um, and so I think it take that. That, I think that's the same for any business. I don't think it's specific to breweries. You're like, I love doing this thing. I want to do this professionally. And you just start working, researching it. And you're like, probably not a good idea for me to do this particular thing professionally. I can do the other stuff and I'll get the person right. who can do that. Um, but now I still get to have beer. So, that <laughs> so circling back to your business plan, yeah. how long did you guys work on it before you decided, you know, we're comfortable um, enough to try and take that leap? I want to say we really started in earnest, like March of 16 to September of 16. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. September yeah. of 16, because our first bank meeting was, like, end of September. Right. And we were lucky enough because we kind of gave ourselves, we need to have us be shopping it by September. So between September and December, we were shopping it with banks, talking to a few investors, but shopping it with banks. Getting feedback. And getting feedback. So, like, <laughs> that period was us. I, mean, I think, you know, by October, maybe November, we had enough feedback, and I was just kind of like, all right, I know how to make this basically bank proof. There's, I can write a deal that they can't say no to. Right. And that's what we ended up with. And by the time we reached our bank, who's um, Star Financial Bank, shout out to Perry Level at Star, <laughs> our commercial banker. But they, they really, um, I think, one, they really believed in us. I, I hear that they were impressed, but I, you know, I'm kind of of the mind, like, doesn't everybody do a business plan like this? So, right. But but it helped that like going to that bank and just having a meeting. So we met with them like beginning of December. And in less than three weeks, we had a commitment letter. And that goes back to us really putting in the time and the due diligence. Yeah, and, and, and again, using our different strengths. I mean, Paris is the financial background, so figuring out how our projected finance, you know, knowing that their guesses a lot of places, but actually trying to get as much backup as we could behind yeah. all the pricing, all the costing of stuff and all of that. I was an antitrust lawyer, so competition was what I studied and worked on for years and years and years. So trying to figure out the local markets and how the products, you know, products work and what, you know, what, where the trends are and where what we're likely to do. Um, I, you know, and, and I have friends who are economists who are going to help me crunch some numbers to put together some decent, you know, comparisons so people could see we had not just thought it through, but we put some other, you know, outside work into it to to buttress our arguments, and so they felt comfortable knowing that it was still a guess, but it was an educated guess, not just a wild ass guess. Yeah. The, the swag is always the best. Yes, there's mm. definitely a lot in there. There always <laughs> yeah. is. It's an, it's an aspirational document, to be sure. Well, and even in that, the lesson was, is like we were like, oh, we're going to open by December, and here we are, like, in January. We're, we're a little behind, but I think it's it's a good behind because there were just things that we never could have planned for right. um, that got in. We're still of the minds, like, we can do it, but let's at least try to do it as right as possible. Nothing, can't do it perfect, but we can do it right. Um, yeah. And that, and I can think of a couple of drains where that happened. Um, so it's just things, and that ends up, like, Ben and I working on the weekends, like, well, we really should do this. Let's figure just, out how to get it done do and it. do it. Yeah. So so you, you were lucky then uh, doing the competition side. I mean, I've worked on a few business plans in the past, right. and that's always been the hardest part for me is, uh, you know, what's your competition? What's the right. market look like? And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. It, I mean, and you, I think there are a lot of, there are also resources out there. I mean, you know, Again, when I, I was writing part of that when I was in D.C., so I had both my sort of professional resources. I was At the time, I was an attorney with the Federal Trade Commission, so I had a building full of economists and, and, and competition lawyers and, and whatnot who I could sort of bounce ideas off of. Um, but also, there were a number, you know, the, the brewing industry in D.C. is a bit further ahead of Fort Wayne and got to be friends with, you know, my local and with a, a few others, and they were willing to share sort of their business plans because I knew I wasn't going to compete with them anyway. Uh, that so to see how they sort of dealt with that, and so we had really good templates to work from. Um, so I wasn't making any of it up. I could just tailor it to this market. I could understand this market, you know, and and, and so I could then I could bring my expertise to bear on a template and make it ours, as opposed to just trying to make it up whole cloth. Because yeah, I, I it was the hardest writing thing that I'd ever had to do was, was the business plan just to try to get it all out there in some coherent and defensible way. Um, and it's funny when you know you talk talk to some banks and they're like, well, yeah, some guys come in here and they've basically written a business plan on a napkin. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I'm start like, brewery. I, I don't know how <laughs> that. I don't know how you need that? money. Um, start brewery. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and Step even two. <laughs> yeah. And even then, with that, it's like I think back and like I really couldn't tell you like how we started, other than we just started. Right. And figured out what we needed to change. Just right. put in the time. Was there a lot of failures that you learned from to help build it up? Uh, like business-wise or in just, the plan? Just in general. Just failures oh. that happen. With, <laughs> ins- with construction. Just mistakes we well, yeah. like hiccups. Well, I mean, there's not going to be failures. No, because like, look where you're at yeah, now. Right. But, well, like, hiccups. But hiccups in the from. plan, not so much. I think it was just kind of like narrowing kind of what our reality is and what we're trying to do there was kind of a couple points where we brought that into clearer focus yeah um some of that happened with the building and like what we truly wanted to accomplish because i think what what happened a little bit in the plan in the beginning when we first went to banks it's we knew we wanted to own a brewery but to own a brewery there's all these other things you need so you just kind of tack those on yourself and then it ends up being kind of this big plan that you're trying to bring to the door and you lose focus of what are we really trying to accomplish right so like Yes, well, we, we asked ourselves that a lot. What are, do we want to start a brewery, or do we want to own a building, or do we want to this, or do we want to do that? Exactly. Do we want to start a brewery, so let's focus on that. Right. So we just kind of we, we came up with that saying: is we're starting a brewery. Let's right. reset on that, um, and then that helped us kind of focus in and like figure out what was important because it all takes capital, it all takes money, and to some extent, it's it's finite, you know. And we we structured and, and we have none of it unless we actually open. Right. And all of that is, it's great, and you can have this grand plan, but unless you can fund it and get it open, then it's just a piece of paper and it doesn't matter. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, how was it dealing with investors versus banks? A different set of challenges. It was. Very much a, a bank looks for very much factual information. Like, our plan is aspirational, but from a business plan side, and we had all the information. We had both aspirational information, both factual from doing right. trade and projections and things like that. The bank more trended towards that. They considered the um, the aspirational because they're from Fort Wayne. And I, I'm a big proponent of using local banks because the advantage there is they know your community. So if you're telling them that the, we're going three blocks from the riverfront and that's going to be an intangible benefit, they're like, you're right. I understand that. Um, so there's a big advantage there. But when we started to shift to the investor side, um, most of what we, you know, maybe three degrees out, but a lot of friends and family, people right. we're I mean, typical for a startup, yeah, for a startup. Sure. personally connected to. So they, they judged us more on a little bit more on the aspiration of the project. They still looked at the numbers, don't get me wrong, but they, their consideration weighed on like, who are we as individuals? Right. What are we capable mm-hmm. of? And okay, it looks like you, you've thought of things and we've got questions like, well, that answer's right here. And this is, you know, let me expand on right. that. So th- there was definitely an advantage there, and um, plus the banks, you know, took a mortgage on our house. Yeah, that's that. Well, yeah, stuff like that. They have they have a certain collateral that they can get, and that was like Paris talking about making it bank proof was, you know, if we have enough collateral in what we're doing, they're not going to say no. Sure. Um, yeah. The investors, you know, they don't have collateral. They have a you know they have a, an economic interest in the company. We take but we take that a different level of seriously. It's not that I don't take our loan seriously because they are significant. Um, but our investors, you know, this is their money. So, and, and it rain, you know, the people that we have as investors, whether it's friends, family, or sort of a degree out from that, um, you know, the, the money is, it could be insignificant or significant to them, but it's significant to us. Um, and, and we don't take it lightly um, in trying to get them, you know, there's some that are in there right now helping us put the sound system in. They come, you know, sort of volunteer. Some are more hands off. Some are, um, you know, more want to, you know, sort of provide guidance to us when, when wanted. I think we've been pretty good about, there's a certain amount of selecting your investors, right? Mm-hmm. 
that that you know you, you want to get the money from wherever you can, but you have to think you have to make sure what that's the cost is both in just you know the time it takes to get X person on board, but also what's that person going to want right. aside from what's written out. I forget the way they get like how involved <coughs> they want to get. So you have to try to balance that to to make sure that everybody knows going in what's on the table and what's really not on the table. Um, and I think we we're pretty we've been pretty fortunate in the people that we've gotten. Well, okay. Oh. Uh, and we were at like with that we were uh, uh, we were very clear up front with what an investment looked like. So there wasn't much of a gray area. We were up front, and there were just I, I think there were a couple of people that wanted more. It's like we just we just don't have that to offer, unfortunately. So it wasn't right for them. Um, but you know we we definitely are conscious of creating points um, ways for our investors to engage with us and engage with the brewery but also understand that we felt it was best that the true management of the company and decision making stays to pretty much ben and i but we're building a very competent and capable team that can support us doing that so it's not like you know we're going into being like dictators it's give me money and then no talk to right me. <laughs> but but it's more like hey we know we can build a team that can manage it better than you know 30, 40 people kind of spitting ideas at us. But it doesn't mean that we're not open to listening. It's just kind of the understanding is like, hey, we can listen, but it may not fit into the context of where we're going or maybe something we need to table for later. Right. Um, and that, that actually, all that made up, I think there was 200 pages of documents. And the that, business plan. Yeah, and the business plan, operating, the operating agreement, the private placement memo. So a lot of that was clear and laid out. So we put a lot of front end thought into that. And that <laughs> we gave them homework. Yeah. Yeah, and that really helped out when, when Ben being a lawyer. So he worked with our legal team to really make sure, because there, there was one issue that came up from another investor that was a lawyer, and it was a valid point. So we went back to our accountant, went back to our lawyers, and we were able to address that. Um, so, like, it doesn't mean that we're saying, no, you know, we don't take any of your advice. It's just, you know, we weigh that and filter it. Um, but just creating just kind of a, a good relationship on both sides. We all understand what our responsibilities are. And I think, yeah, like they, they, they're, they're investing in us and our idea as much as investing in a group. And mm -hmm. then that, that adds to some extent the personal pressure because we know that you know, it's, it, we, we sold the idea to them. So now Before we have to follow through. Right, we had no beer to give them. <laughs> uh, I would say three quarters of them believed in us, and we had no beer. Now, right. when the beer that's came, they believed in the beer, but right. now yeah. they're real happy. Now, yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, when you were planning, did you have an ideal breakdown of investors versus personal investment versus? We you know, we set bankers? a limit. Okay. Um, so we set a limit. We knew what our bank loan was going to be. We set a limit. We knew what our minimum need to be for outside investment, um, and then we knew what our maximum would be, and we we reached our maximum. Um, and a lot of that was, was geared around, some of that were bank limitations. Uh, if someone else got an X percentage, they would have to co-sign on loans. So we wanted to keep that risk profile down for our investors. Um, but then also it, it makes sure that, you know, we're bearing some of the risks. So just, it's just a lot of considerations that because we're managing the company, we want to make sure we have control. So it doesn't end up in a situation like, you know, someone thinks we're not, not that they don't think we're doing a good job, but it's just disruption. Yeah can be, you know, just as detrimental. And you also don't want to be forced out of, I mean, this is your baby at this right. point. Right. <laughs> no, and we, and we may, I mean, as part of that nice thing about, well, both being a lawyer, but also we, you know, we, this, this isn't, I mean, it's a, a large project, but it isn't massive. Mm -hmm. And it's a private, you know, it's a privately held company. We could dictate what the terms were going to be. Um, and to a large extent, take it or leave it. Like we, we were honest in what we were offering and what we weren't. And as far as, you know, voting interest and all of that, 
and they're you know protecting ourselves so it doesn't get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there are various provisions as there need to be if there's some you know real big issue or if one if something happens to one of us. Um, but we we made sure to protect ourselves so that we didn't have to worry about that. We want to engage our investors. We want them to be involved. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a financial you know it's a financial investment for them. Um, we want to make it an emotional investment as well. But trying to make sure that those two things are safe. But we also like we're clearly incentivized um, with yeah. the way we structured the deal. So our our goals are very much aligned with their goals. Yeah. So like for us to really be successful, we have to make them successful in this yeah. project first. So that that's a very much a benefit. And we sold, we've told them that, and I won't get into the details, but I think there's that. So there was just a clear line that, okay, these guys have to work for us too. Can't just, it's not just a Ben and Paris show and everything works out and it's good for Ben and Paris. We take, we take all the money and they yeah. get a little bit. No, it, we, we, we've, yeah, we've set it up so that in order for us to th- see things, I have to see it first. Um, and so that helps, you know, it, it, align, yeah, it aligns our incentives mm-hmm. to, to do the best that we can for everybody. Sure. Or, or I guess to do the best that we can for the brewery and that benefits them as well and make sure there's no right. sort of hidden thing. Trickle down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's talk beer now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't want, I don't want you guys to leak anything. Don't, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know any secrets because I want to be surprised on, uh, your opening into stuff. I'm definitely going to come, um. Uh, what kind of style of beers? IPA, stout? IPA, stout. So we have all of those in the firm yeah, now. Yeah, have some hops. And I, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for and I, Hop and River. It's, it's very interesting because we were trying to like understand who we were as a brewery. And there's a lot of ways you can go. People ask us, like, do you have a signature style? Do you have a signature beer? And I think very much our approach is we'll, we'll get there. We're going to let things shine as they shine. So rather than saying we, are, we brew... You know, Belgians or we brew German style beers. I think, you know, we didn't want to box ourselves in before anyone is out in the public spaces really said, I really like this. But we did say what we wanted to do out of this. We wanted to have very approachable beer. So that means just having the minimum of just high quality things that are not off flavors. Um, And then having kind of a gamut of beers that are inviting but still be able to do kind of those wacky things. Those so, wacky ones. Yeah. So but they not, can come but, in and try it. For right. sure. And then they can know that they can get their favorite but, beer. Yeah. So, I mean, well. really giving our patrons an opportunity to help us define ourselves. But in that, like, we're making thoughtfully innovative beer. And we're making good beer. So we've got that portion. And just kind of letting the pals of Fort Wayne say, like, I really like this. Or just kind of throwing new things. So it really gives everyone a chance to kind of be involved and be creative in the process. Because we can brew anything. It's just a matter of we want to make sure we do it do it right and make it approachable as we want. So and consistent. And consistent. Right. We want people to be able to, you know, if they have one that's a favorite or whatever, if we make it, even if it's we only make it a couple of times a year, it's, they know what they're getting. Um, you know, each time they come in and have that. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're very much focused, especially early on, on this, this idea again, we're a brewery, not a restaurant, we're a brewery, not a brew pub. Um, you know, we want you to come here and have that experience on, on the site. Um, you know, right now we're sitting in sort of our production area, um, our grand opening, we're gonna have people back here drinking. You can, you know, cordon off the brewing area, but you can come back here and drink amongst the equipment you know there's not many there's nobody no place in Fort Wayne you can do that no absolutely not see up close what's going on not just with the windows through the the brewery to the tap room that are are with the whole production facility but walk on in here and and, you know within reason sort of 
engage with the brewer. He'll be here on Saturday and Sunday to talk about what he's, you know, what he's doing, what he's done, if people have questions, all of that. Really, we're trying to be able to engage the customer when they're here, so that especially since we want to distribute to bars and restaurants, liquor stores, um, they can take that experience with them. They can say, oh, I, you know, not only did I like, think this beer tasted great, but I had a great experience at the brewery. This is the, the local that I want to support. Um, and, and that, you know, our whole property. We have the building, we have this great, huge outdoor space that will develop over time, but we're going to let it evolve over time. Um, same thing with our tap room. It's, you know, we have certain things set, but we want it to evolve with our customers over time. Our beer, we know we want, there's certain things we want to cover, there's other things we want to try, but we want our customers to tell us the things that they like, the things that they don't like. We'll see, you know, try to make it a conversation, not just a, you know, no soup for you. This is, this is, what, we, this is what you have. No Pepsi Cola. Um, you know, it, it's, I like that a lot more in beer that there are definitely breweries both locally and around that are like, this is the kind of beer that I make, um, you know, a variety of styles and they do it really well and it's awesome. Um, that's not us. Um, we want to make really good beer and we want to make a wide gamut of beer. There will be some crazy things, but we want to make it on style. We want to make, you know, like a, take, a, take whatever it is, take it a, you know, a Mexican lager, take a red ale, take a stout or imperial stout. We want to kick its ass. Yeah, those are the fun things, though. Yeah. Well, right. Every you, September, you drop this one, and right, everybody and, waits and, for that one and, to drop And you want to make it, you know, you make it, you know, there are style guidelines for a reason, but you, you know, people know what to expect, but you can just dial that in and get it really, really good. Um, and we're going to focus on, you know, making that beer the best that we can possibly sure. make it instead of being like, you know, here's a bunch of beer. It's, yeah, yeah and, we, you like it. and we can do things that push your palate, but Absolutely. it doesn't have to be like this crazy thing. I think it's just we don't need a punch in the face, right? <laughs> but we want to make you think about it. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. That's, you know, it's, yeah. And it's part of the industry, right? You know, early on IPAs that, that was a, how bitter can we get? And they've dialed that back. You know, people like have realized what the balance. You know, like that's why I like sort of Midwest IPAs that the good multi backbone. Some good, you know, good aroma, a bit of bitterness, but it's not, you know, it's not punch Yeah, yeah. And personally, I'm not an IPA fan. I, I love am. a good stout. I love a good porter. <laughs> right. And the as whole a, IPA I, yeah. rush to the market, it was driving me nuts. Well, now sours are that way, I, right? I, Everybody's... I liked the earlier sours. They're starting to get a little too bitter. Well, and that's, and that part, I think what, the same thing's happening. People are like, and this again happened with IPAs. People made them so bitter that they covered up bad beer underneath. Yeah. And so with sours, the same thing. If you're, Beer, if your underlying beer is bad, you can cover it with a bit, but eventually people will figure it out. So, I mean, that's the same thing for us, for anything that we do. The base has to be fantastic. And there's lots of things you can do after that, but if you're un if the underlying beer, your process, your equipment, whatever, isn't set up and your brewer isn't set up to make good beer, doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter your recipe, it's still not going to be good beer. No, and I'd rather just sell good beer. Are we going to see some of uh, Paris's home Home-brewed one. I read your bio. It yeah, said you were, actually, you were brewing in your yes. in your house during at IPFW. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna so, see a Paris signature. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a tinkerer, and um, ironically, a lot of my homebrew setup got appropriate to the brewery I grew up. Maybe. <laughs> um, and when we first started brewing, because I had all the, the fittings, we were actually brewing in my garage. And there's still people to this day who lived in my neighborhood, drove by, and kind of figured out like. You guys were the guys. Because I lived <laughs> literally in the main drag, so Kevin would be there brewing beer. And we brewed till like, end of October. Right. So he'd be there most stage, garage up, just brewing beer. Um, and ironically, one of the first pale ales we did was just kind of a recipe that I had. And Kevin, you know, tweaked it. Mm -hmm. It was really good. And so, you know, I... 
I don't want to be the brew, but I do think it's fun and just for both of us to kind of maybe oh, yeah. get with Kevin and say, hey, let's let's do something fun or let's well, tweak yeah, a recipe you, this the, way. The, the, got to. the Imperial mm-hmm. Stout was like, you know, I was like, I want I want something like this and let's tweak it like this. And he's like, okay, I can do this and this. And, and it's the, I mean, the wonderful thing about having a professional brewer um, is that things that we could have figured out, he knows. He mm-hmm. lives this stuff all the time. And after we hired Kevin, he spent the first week and change just taking water samples of the, in the building and around so we could get a good water profile so we knew where he was starting. Didn't do anything else. Um, and I was really impressed by I mean, we, we liked him personally, we liked the beer he'd made, we, you know, his, his work history, all of those things, but I was just really impressed right off the bat. He's like, all right, this is the foundation of what I need to do, so I, everything else builds off that. So he was getting that down. And then everything he's done since then, I've been, you know, even if it's not a beer that I'm like, yeah, I don't you know, like that style, but this beer I can tell. It's a good quality. You know, he took the pilot system that we that we all put to, you know that we bought and put together and within like a half a batch really had it dialed in knew what it was going to do knew what was going to come out um this massive system you know the 15 barrel system right away you know we, we had a tech from the manufacturer come and help him just to help dial things in but right away the beer is great quality we're not you know there's no off flavors no effect like every his process is strong um and he knows what impact is going and he knows what impact every little variation is going to have or at least can suspect it because it's still a, it's still an art as much of a science. Yeah. Um, and he's only it only gets better the more you know the more you work with the equipment. So it's just fantastic. We can talk about you know okay so when you you know this we can add a little bit more of this malt and it's going to do this but it might have this impact on the hops later on or this yeast might not work well with this. He's got all that sort of dialed in so we can really talk about the flavors we want and then he can work backwards to figure out what he has to so do. You get to that get consistency so people can come back and know that they're going to mm-hmm. get the beer well, exactly. that they enjoy. And, it, and it's and it's a combination of a a good brewer and good equipment. You know, we, we we decided to go with steam and glycol. You know, with the steam and glycol chilled system um, and a 15 barrel semi-automatic semi-automatic system, so that we can really dial in our temperatures, control them really well, um, and then repeat. Yeah, you get that really good consistency. Right, mm-hmm. and and being able to having that repeatability is is paramount. You know, when you're trying to make good consistent beer, um, and it's ironic the large you know. The larger system you have, the better quality beer you come out with, just because you can control things a lot better, you know, through the, the, the surrounding equipment than you can necessarily with a homebrew setup. Um, and so it's just it's been really exciting to watch that sort of as we've set things up, as we've gone, just to see how well things come out. Um, so again, I get beer. Staring at all the kegs behind you. <laughs> how is your experience working with the distributors been? We don't have to work with any distributors. We are self-distributing beer. Okay. Yeah. So right now, and at the moment, we're not distributing anything because we are we're trying to make sure one that we have enough beer for here on on site, um, and we want to also make sure that we understand its shelf life before we start sending it out. Because you know the, the thing that will kill you more than anything else, you send out bad quality beer or that it turns and you're not aware of it, um, that that you just you have somebody has a bad experience and you're never getting them back. Um, so I you know having this sort of organic growth, we work with restaurants that are. Close to us, either friendly or we, you know, talked closely with to give them kegs to get a feel for, not just what the reaction to the taste is, but also how they deal, you know, how they're dealing in the keg, in the, in the keg lines there, how are they aging, um, so that we can make sure that as we go, stepwise out and bigger, that we we know that, so we can track that and we can help control that, so that we don't have an issue where, you know, two months in we get to start getting a bunch of calls that, man, this pail stinks, and nobody like, you know, like there's something off. 
there's something happening. Mm -hmm. We have to recall a bunch of stuff. We have to deal with the backlash of, of people having had a bad experience. Yeah. That'd be bad. And, and that's critical because it ties back into the distribution comment. Like, we, our plan was always to self-distribute. We kind of gave ourselves a 50-mile radius in Fort Wayne. And really, the purpose of that is twofold. Um, one, we want to, people to engage with us directly because creating that relationship is critically important because we could send a bunch of beer to distribution day one, but ultimately that's going to get pushed out. And with all the breweries out there, it's like, what's the difference between our IPA and someone else's when you don't know you're one of them? So a lot of that for us was like, let's start from our own home and make relationships. Let's bring people to us. Let's go to them. Let's build those relationships. So when it does make sense for us to go into distribution, our beer is pulled out because they know us, they know what we stand for, they know our beer. And it's a lot easier for the distributor because now we don't slot in with 50 other breweries, but yes, we kind of stand apart because they know who we are. We've gone to their doorstep, we, you know, we've tasted things from them. So, so that's really important. So just, all of this is just relationship building. And to do that is like, let's start on a good foot and let's not send out bad beer. All right, last question before we wrap this up. Sure. Uh, Will we be able to get growler fills? Oh, day yeah. one. Like yeah. right now? Or no, right not now? right now. In the near future. <laughs> no, day one. Yeah. Day, day one. one. Day one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll show you. We got some pretty cool growlers. Um, oh, I, you guys got some? Yeah, cool we got design. our growlers here. And ironically, and I tell this story because I'm going to take credit because I didn't realize they were using this everywhere. But I was at a show in Wisconsin, and I was just toying around with our logo and made the made a. Oh, our Indiana, Indiana home, with a hop. Our, our home logo. I call it our Indiana home logo. And part of it stemmed from because our brewers from Michigan. And I don't know if you know Michiganders, everything's about Michigan when you're from Michigan. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, you <laughs> know what? Like, so it was, from Michigan. It, it was kind of, it was, he may not know this, but it was secretly a troll in our brewer to say we're from Fort Wayne. So uh, we'll show you that logo. It's on our coaster. It's on our, our growler. But it's just, it's just kind of cool. Indiana strong. On our pint glass. So... We teased him in the beginning because he, you know, he's a lifelong Michigander, had to get um, Indiana plates. I'm like, how about those plates? <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I lived in Lansing for a while, the, the whole pointing at the hand thing. With my girlfriend. Oh, there you go. It was like a three-minute drive from here, so I was like, oh, sweet. Well, once Harrison Bridge opens back mm -hmm. up, it's going to be, you know, it's even right. quicker. Yeah, we'll have bike racks. Um, we encourage people that if you are coming to Grand Opening, come early. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I think it's going to be a, I'm looking forward to a good day. For sure. All right. Well, that's our first podcast uh, with Ben and Paris from Hop River Brewing. They're great people. Their opening day is February 3rd. Yep. Yep. So yep. definitely get down here. Go, go to their Facebook page. Go to their Instagram. Go to their Twitter. Follow their socials. See what's going on with them. They've got big things coming to Fort Wayne. A lot of opportunities to try new beers and everything you guys want to plug anything before say avp always be plugging Brewing Company. we have a great team and we're, we're all pumped to show you what we can do i mean it's been a long time coming some people have been with us longer than other shout out to mc employee number one that's right, that's right. <laughs> and then but yeah so we're, we're building our team and we, we're very much looking forward to giving you guys a great experience at the brewery absolutely what he said <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, guys. No problem. Yep, thank you. Hey. hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you really, really loved it. You guys know we are trying to bring our best to the podcast. So whether you are walking your dog, traveling to or from work, or just cleaning the house, I hope this brought just a little bit of value to your day. Since we are new, it would be greatly appreciated if you could share this or just tell a friend about us. Thank you, guys.